You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Kate is the latest entry in the burgeoning subgenre of action films this year in particular about female badass assassins who have something hanging over their head that is affecting what they do. Most of them, I think it's, I don't think I really want to be an assassin anymore for whatever reason. Now, I'm not shitting on the fact there are so many films with specifically female assassins. I think we've got this huge movement that's coming from two things. One, female protagonists are actually kind of doing really well in movies lately, which is sadly kind of a first in culture for a long time of the Hollywood studios going, they sell tickets, badass females. Hey, I'm, I'm here for it. And the other is that John Wick just made like a kajillion dollars and they're like, let's do a bunch of movies that combine these things together. I believe it's the sixth one to come out this year with a known star playing the ridiculously over-the-top John Wicky kick-ass style star killing lots and lots and lots of people. And, you know, it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which I will never, you'll never hear me complain about Mary Elizabeth Winstead being in a movie. She comes off with a genuine sense of inner strength and beauty and self-confidence that I've loved since I first saw her in anything. And she's done nothing but get more assured as an actress. I was kind of surprised that this is the sort of thing she wanted to do, but I guess after Birds of Prey. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, she was kind of playing a similar type role, only sadly much less explored than I think we all wanted it to be. We're like, please give us more of her. Well, you wanted more of her as a badass, unstoppable killing machine. That's why this movie is called Kate, because that is her. I'm here to review this with some other unstoppable kick-ass ladies. I've got Tessa. Hello. Rose. Hello. And Jordan. Please murder me, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. <laughs> this, this is definitely the Huntress movie that we were never going to get, mm-hmm. but desperately wanted, and I'm so glad it's here. I actually have mixed feelings about this film because it is the most generic plot for one of these I may have ever heard. Like something if Saturday Night Live was going to do a parody of a lone assassin, like this would be the plot where it's like assassin has a moment of doubt because there's a kid involved. And then the next thing you know, they DOA it and she's given a slow acting poison that is going to kill her in a day. And she wants to get revenge against everyone. And oh, said kid that was tertiary to this assassination that caused her to hesitate. Of course, the two end up teaming up together as she starts to look at her as kind of a younger me in a way. We've seen all this before. In fact, on those movies that have come out this year that I previously mentioned, every element of this plot, except for the slow acting poison, has been in one of those other Mm. movies, at least. What's the difference? Well, those movies are all kind of playing it for laughs. Kate is not playing it for laughs. Kate wants to be brutal, visually more like the John Wick films. Like, we want to see someone really, really, really hurt people in a non-cartoonish, super graphic, violent way. And we also want to kind of bring in a little bit of something else we didn't see in those movies as much. She can be hurt. 
and hurt oh, yeah. really bad. <laughs> she gets messed up. I mean, I get a splinter in my finger. I'm down for like the day. Forget Aww. about it. She has like multiple gunshot wounds and she's still moving along. It's that adrenaline. Whatever. <laughs> I think even if I shot myself up with adrenaline, I'd be like, I need to just lay on the couch and let this work <laughs> itself out. No, you go lay down. It's okay. And Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Kate, her handler, who literally phones in his role because almost every scene he's just talking to her on the phone is Woody Harrelson as Varric, <laughs> who is the guy who found her as a child and trained her to be a professional assassin. And now they sort of have a paternal child relationship going on as he does what fathers do and send their children out to horribly murder people. <laughs> I liked their dynamic a lot more, I think, in this one than in Protégé between uh, Samuel L. Jackson and Maggie Q. I don't know. Just I think they had more chemistry. They pulled off the father and daughter thing a little bit better in this one. And and probably because it was played more straight than it was. And it wasn't quite as tongue in cheek and just so over the top with the, yeah, we know we're doing this again, but whatever. And it's just, no, if we play it straight, it seems more natural. Shock. And while this film really isn't anything new i still kind of enjoyed the hell out of it because yeah mary elizabeth winstead fucking absolutely murdering people and brutally killing them and now i don't have a fascination on that you reading to your own mm-hmm. bullshit <laughs> it takes place in tokyo and it is fucking beautiful it is stunning yeah. to look at and the action is honestly really damn good plot is way predictable to call the twist ending telegraphed is absolutely accurate because it has been done so many times that it dates back to the invention of the telegraph Dare- yeah. <laughs> daredevil wouldn't need his special vision to see like oh yeah yeah I, I saw that one coming down the street in a cab and when it showed up i was just like oh Anyway, I don't know why anybody's surprised by female assassin characters. Has anyone never heard of La Femme Nikita? Like, come on. (laughs) Which also had a very similar series of plot threads. Young girl brought in to an older person who becomes like a paternal mentor figure for and then sends her out to go kill people. Yeah. Everything in the film is familiar down to its over-fetishization of the Japanese Yakuza, which some people have admittedly called out as being offensive. Yeah. I don't feel qualified to say. I've watched a lot of Yakuza films, but those all started and were made by Japanese people. This was obviously not. But there's a lot of big Japanese stars who actually appear in this film who are pretty fucking badass. The two big ones for me were Tadanobu Asano, who plays one of the main bad guys, Renji, and he's been in just a ridiculous amount of stuff, and not just like martial arts films. He was in Ichi the Killer and Electric Dragon 80,000 Volts and Zatoichi, but he was also in 47 Ronin. He plays Hogan in the MCU. He was in Martin Scorsese's The Silence. Just played Raiden in Mortal Kombat. That's right. But, you know, we'll forgive him for that. But (laughs) I think one of the big stars here is Amiyavi, who I had never, wasn't really familiar with, but apparently is a deeply beloved musician in Japan who is apparently one of the best guitarists in the world, according to many people. I don't know anything about J-Rock, or as they call now, his own company is called J-Glam, which, (laughs) after seeing him play the sort of gay Yakuza guy in this film, I'm like, yeah, I can see. That seems like the right term for that. He's been in a bunch of stuff, including American films like Kong Skull Island. And then late in the film, we really get to see more of Jun Kinemura, who is an older Japanese actor who has just been in everything over the years, like Kill Bill, Mm -hmm. Ichi the killer the wailing audition he's just been in so many movies but he's definitely not an american household name but he brings a sort of gravitas that's really needed in the last half of the last act here that Mm -hmm. actually works but i thought 
the girl they got to bring in to be sort of the girl who she's traveling around with. I just never bought the connection between those two because she is. She was the weak link. Obnoxious. Yeah, her her dialogue needed about three or four more passes. I'm I'm not going to necessarily blame the actress. I've never seen her in anything. I don't know, you know, the, a good metric for what she's like outside of this. But if nothing else, yeah, her dialogue was just so obnoxious. Having every other word come out of her mouth be fuck, which just never sounds good from a child character unless it's done very right. And it was not in this. And yeah, she just does nothing but whine. And mm, this ain't it. I think only one actor on Earth can get away with that, and that's. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're fucking right. I, I don't have an aversion to hearing that word, but if all you can do with your dialogue is just have that be every other word coming out of people's mouths. <laughs> I mean, she is admittedly supposed to be playing kind of an obnoxious, just barely past being a preteen into a teen, but she switches from fuck you, cancer bitch, which literally is a line in here, <laughs> to being yeah. like, you're like an awesome female lady Terminator. I mean, terrible written dialogue like that, but it happens in like 20 seconds, and I just never believed any of it and Mm -hmm. i get why they need us to for the purposes of the plot didn't waste too much time thinking about it because when winstead's actually doing her fighting and filmmaker who i've never been really thrilled with most of the stuff he's done cedric nicholas troyan really gets how to shoot a proper action scene and that aforementioned gay yakuza comes off convincingly as a sort of flamboyant but hard as motherfucking steel yakuza dude who has the best fight in the whole movie with her that is so brutal that even me that likes super brutal fighting was at points like oh fuck man jesus fuck (laughs) that scene was amazing super dark super heavy and i do like that eventually it gets into a full-blown here's a shit ton of yakuza versus a whole other shit kind of yakuza literally swords and all and then mary elizabeth winstead walking through the mall with sunglasses smoking a cigarette just casually shooting people you know this is what i watched this movie for <laughs> it was such a great moment. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I don't know how she thought that girl was going to stay safe in that public restroom. She just like locked her in. I was like, that doesn't seem safe. I guess maybe she was just banking on killing everybody and then going and getting her out or just leaving her there to get out on her own devices, which she eventually did. I mean, this is by the numbers, but I don't know. It was just still really enjoyable. Yeah. I don't know. I, it was gorgeous to look at. It was fun. The action was choreographed well, and it was fucking brutal. It was really fun paint by numbers yeah this doesn't always denote bad i mean it just is what it is Modern action films have become the equivalent of the American slasher film in that it's a good slasher film if the kills are super convincing, innovative, and the director knows exactly how to shoot them right to make you go, ooh, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that the plot is dumb as dirt and thin as paper for those (laughs) movies, right? And the modern action film in some ways, for a lot of them, has kind of become that. It's like, can you shoot this shit on a level that compares to some of the best stuff where this action looks really cool, either in a very stylish way or in a very brutally convincing way with lots of motion then I don't really give a shit if your plot is thin as paper yeah. and everything else is telegraphed and dumb as long as it never stops moving mm-hmm. and overall Kate really never stops moving you are reminded often of how dumb some of this is but it's not playing it for laughs so that helps it's just brutal repeatedly and I think people who like I said are showing up I just like the cool kills hey man some cool kills in here indeed I absolutely love seeing murder mom I mean, now I'll stick with that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, Jordan, why don't you continue on into your final thoughts? This was just really cool. And also, breezy 106 minutes. That was very, very welcomed. Great action. 
cool seeing Mary Elizabeth Winstead just kill everyone. Absolutely amazing. And I had a lot of fun. Also, one of the best action scenes I've ever seen with that fight with the Yakuza higher up. It, it, it was just fucking spectacular. I will give this six and a half machine gun clips out of ten. Rose? There's really nothing new about it, but again, that doesn't mean that it's bad. It never really gets boring, and even in its quieter moments, it still is engaging when it just stops down to have a talk for a minute. Like, that's just really interesting. Uh, Aside from a few flaws like Ani-chan and some of the other things, it brings a lot to the table, and if you like this kind of movie, which I obviously do, I think this is like the third or fourth movie like this I've reviewed for this website, it's one of the better ones that I've seen of this very specific specific kind of film. Uh, there's one fight scene in particular that takes place in like a, a tea house or something that is set up really cool where the set looks like it's in black and white just by virtue of the wood and everything being black and white but with the characters wearing color on their clothing it just gives it a really striking visual look to it and that's the kind of thing that this movie brings to the table if, if nothing else. Really really enjoyed it. I would probably watch it again and I'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten vending machine tank top. I was constantly entertained the whole time. I was engaged and didn't want to look away. Anytime I had to go and do something, I would pause it and be like, okay, I can't miss anything. I feel like that scene in the tea house, the way they did the cinematography was really fun and engaging. They did like this camera flip when they basically like threw her onto a table and like flipped her over and then like the camera shifted. And then there's like a whole scene where she's like fighting these two dudes. It's almost like dancing, you know, (laughs) fighting choreography is where they spin her and the camera also spins and it's all very dynamic. Just even just for that scene alone, I feel like it would have been worth the uh, cost of admission. I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 impromptu five-finger discount haircuts. <laughs> it's really all about Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the fact that this film works, because I think if it was somebody else who didn't get the whole, you're not here to be tongue-in-cheek, the very least, your character shouldn't behave that way. You are a straight-ahead, cold-blooded killer who is barely letting in just enough of a crack of light to be sympathetic to the audience. <laughs> but mainly... We just like to watch you kill people Mm because you're really, really good at it. And she obviously did her homework for this because she brings a physicality to it and a speed that is not really manipulated very much by the editing studio or by speeding up the film. You can tell she put the work in. She's very good at this. I'm not surprised at all that people are actually going, you know, if you're going to make more alien movies, do we all remember that Ellen Ripley actually has a daughter that's never been brought up again? Amanda? Yeah, she kind of looks like her. <laughs> a kind of. Oh, my God. There were a couple shots in there because usually they have Mary Elizabeth Winstead in most movies she's in with a natural but very pretty makeup and in this she has almost none on or at least it certainly looks that way in certain angles and in certain lighting and with her hair continually getting shorter more messed up she just dead ass looked like Sigourney Weaver throughout most of the film yeah and I wouldn't be surprised if she considered her somebody who was important to her in her Mm -hmm. transition as an actress to more and more of these sort of totally assured and large and in charge female characters because she's very good at it. Yeah. Totally with Jordan on this one. I totally stand for her. I watch any movie she's in. And I've seen her do lots of just straight drama where she's equally good at or comedy. She's great. 
And everybody else in here ranges from, oh, that's a really cool actor I've seen in some Japanese films, and it was cool to see him working here, to, wow, this person needs some work still, as previously <laughs> discussed. I wish they could have brought more to the story than it is. I mean, it really is, of all of these recent thrillers, it has the most generic of all the plots. But when you've got action this good, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> I did have fun with it. That being said, I'm going to give this 7 out of 10 bottles of delicious and necessary boom boom lemon that I can't believe <laughs> Tessa didn't take as hers. Right. Thought about it. <laughs> Seems so obvious. I'm now mm. going to download all the Jay Glam in the world. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>